This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. I must correct myself. Max was the winner of the stadium tour tickets. Sorry, Max. I called you Matt. Max was listening like, wait, hold on. I thought I just won. Max had to call back and be like, hold on. I won? And how many tickets did I get? I got a couple females I want to take with. No, I'm kidding. He didn't say all just that. Just his wife. I know. Look, just I'm, his I'm, wife. Like, I'm about to get him in trouble. I'm sorry, Max. I'm he just called specifically asking about his I wife. Know, He's like, I, I want to be able to take her too. I know. I put, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be messy. I'm sorry, Max. It's Friday. I'm, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. He literally did not call and ask that. That was just me putting extras on it. But Max is getting hooked up with a pair of tickets. So him and his wife can go to the stadium tour on September 9th at Allegiant Stadium and see Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett. And I'll tell you right now, Def Leppard, out of all those, is my favorite. I love me some Def Leppard, so there you go. So uh, make sure you, uh, you uh, when Pour Some Sugar on Me comes on, you really get into it because that would be my part. That would be my role right there. Just going to throw out that out there. We got Cover 3 coming up in a hot minute. Before we get to that, though, I want to uh, hear our, from our guy Martin in San Bernardino. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, Q? Chilling, man, chilling. Man, I love your show. You and DeMar make my day. I just got to say one thing off topic. I get off of work at 4 o'clock, so I have to listen to Vinny Bonsignor. <laughs> if I have to listen to that guy talk about the damn Rams and how, <laughs> how good Matthew Stafford is and Cup and Carr is kind of like him and the, the Rams are taking over L.A., I'm done with this show from four to six. That's all I got to say. You guys have a good day. Raiders. Thank you for the call, my man. And we always give Vinny a bad time about being an L.A. guy. I swear every chance I get, I give Vinny a bad time about being L.A. What did I tell him the other day when I passed the sticks on to him? I was like, yeah, you're going to talk about the Coliseum. The Oakland Coliseum, the best Coliseum. You know, <laughs> I, I got I got to give him the dirt all the time. Vinny's very L.A. and I'm very Bay, so I think that I think that that works. You know, so uh, shout out to Martin. Right there. It's funny you said that. I titled that episode "The Battle for L.A." Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. There you go. We all know. Hey, look, man. We all know. Vinny don't know no better. We all know. It's all it's all about the Raiders in L.A. We know that. <laughs> don't tell nobody else, right? Don't tell Vinny when he comes in here that I said that. But. Nah, Vinny's, <laughs> Vinny's a good dude, but Vinny is very much L.A. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. It's time for Q's Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Got a text from Big Deuce on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187. Raiders just signed offensive lineman Jordan Meredith. Thoughts on that? And Big Deuce, you're going to start to see some signings. You're going to start to see players sign to these reserves deals Jordan Meredith I mean it's 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 a none of these signings you're going to see are going to be something that you're going to get overwhelmed and be all excited about these are just reserve future deals all they really are are depth they're they're guys that will go and compete in in camp if they make it all the way to camp because there's a lot of moving and shaking that'll happen Jordan Meredith might be signed today then all of a sudden they find someone else that they want to bring in and then they don't have enough room and so then they I mean you just it's going to be kind of the it's just how everything goes in the offseason. So, I mean, Jordan Meredith is not a big deal. He was a guy, DeMond was looking him up before the show and really couldn't find any information on him. I mean, he's a practice squad guy. Did not have a pro football reference page of his own. But I did find him who was on the Rams practice squad. Right. So there isn't a lot of information. No. And nobody can break down guard play that well. 
What I saw from when I was doing a little research on him is that a lot of people in L.A., it's funny that Martin brought up L.A. and we're now talking about L.A. and the Rams. A lot of people were excited about the signing of him because they thought that the depth would be good. And if the Rams were making a run to the Super Bowl, which they obviously eventually did, they thought that that was going to be good to have a, a, a solid guard on the practice squad. But again, it's a, a it's an offensive lineman that's just a depth piece. So nothing nothing big to write home about but that's kind of the the skinny on uh, Jordan Meredith and really the Raiders signed him right before the show started I think it was about 155 and uh, me and Demond looked up and said oh hey there's another signing all right let's go ahead and jot that one down and uh, I'm glad you brought that up big deuce thank you so much for that text now I want to turn my attention to the Green Bay Packers and there's a lot of conversation about Aaron Rodgers is he going to be in Green Bay long term is he going to go to Denver is there going to be a team that makes a trade for him will the Raiders make a trade for him there's so many conversations going on out there well the Packers made a move today that was pretty interesting they brought back their old quarterback coach in Tom Clements and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way when I say old but he is 68 he uh, was with the Packers for a very long time and now and then he went to Arizona from uh, for 2019 and 2020, but now he's back with Green Bay. And the reason why this is significant is because, and this is according to Jordan Schultz, who's been on the show before, uh, who's a very good insider as far as NFL goes, NBA, and all that good stuff. He said, uh, what I've been hearing is that uh, people have been reaching out to the Packers about Aaron Rodgers. The issue, Green Bay has shown zero interest. With the Tom Clements hire, there's a growing internal belief in Green Bay that the two-time reigning MVP will remain a Packer. So, Basically, what it sounds like is they're bringing in someone who's very comfortable and close with Aaron Rodgers to try to keep Aaron Rodgers in town. And I'll tell you this, Raider Nation, that doesn't shock me at all. If you're Green Bay, why would you say, yeah, I think we'll go ahead and trade him. We'll move him. We had a guy that that's, could be an MVP every single year. We have a guy that could lead us to the Super Bowl, even though he's you know failed when he got to the playoffs the last couple of times. But you know you got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Why would you be willing to, 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 to move on from him? And then on top of that, he's going to take his running buddy, Devontae Adams, probably with him too. So Green Bay ain't stupid. That's why I've said from the very beginning, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think that you'll see number 12 in Green Bay when the season starts next year. If I'm Jordan Love, I'm demanding a trade. You know what? I'm glad you said that. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I would tell him to trade the cat. Hey, man, you want to show commitment to me? Trade that dude. Straight up. And it ain't about about friendships. If I'm him, we, we can go into the office together. Right. Look, it's he like, don't want me here. I don't want to be here. Right, exactly. Look, hey, man, look, I want to stay here in Green Bay, but that, that young cat's got to go. Go on, get that bro out of here. I mean, I'm a, he might not want to say it like that. It's, it's 2022. <laughs> that might be taken the wrong way. <laughs> what do you mean, bro? Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot. I forgot. My bad. I was just trying to be cool about it and relaxed about it. But, yeah, in 2022, you might not be able to say that. You say that, man. All hell will break loose. But you get my point. If I'm, if I'm Aaron Rodgers... If I want to have that commitment from Green Bay, I say, hey, man, get little bro out. You know, get him out. Because what if he says something like, I'll stay the rest of my career, y'all get rid of Jordan Love. Then he'd be on the first thing smoking, in my opinion. If I'm that Green Bay front office, I don't care if I only got two more years left with Aaron Rodgers. Two more years with Aaron Rodgers, a potential MVP every year, is better than the next seven years with Jordan Love, in my opinion. Has, not jo- wrong. has Jordan Love showed you anything that made you think he was going to be the next guy? He did not look good against Kansas City. No. And again, look, he could end up being really good. I remember Aaron Rodgers' first game. I remember exactly where I was. I was in Fresno, California, sitting at Red Robin at the Manchester Mall watching the game. Well, me and baby mama were fighting. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never forget that day because Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) So I was sitting at the bar early in the morning, dog, watching that, that first kickoff. And I remember Aaron Rodgers was playing. And he threw an interception. I said, see? See how dumb they were? They moved on from, uh, from, from Brett Favre, and now they got this guy throwing interceptions. They're the dumbest team ever. Yeah, little did I know he was going to end up being a Hall of Famer. So you don't know. 
So Jordan Love could end up being that same guy. But, yeah, it's so funny. I'll never forget Aaron Rodgers' first game because I was sitting at the bar by myself with some rando cat talking talking some sports, and I just swore up and down Green Bay was the dumbest organization ever. But what do they know about holding on to a quarterback? Good stuff right there. Roger Goodell, he's, uh, he's looking like he's about to be extended. Uh, this comes from uh, Ari Mayrov, our good guy from uh, our good buddy from Pro Football Focus. He said a new extension for Roger Goodell is being negotiated. Goodell has been a commissioner since 2006. He's currently under contract through 2024. If a deal gets done, it'd be the fourth time he's been extended. So look for that to happen quick, Did he say what he's making in a, in a year? What's oh. his yearly salary? Is like oh, 50 million? I don't know. But remember that, that what was a pandemic year? He took a, a big pay cut. Remember, he took a major pay cut, but it doesn't matter. That dude's got so much money, he don't even know where it's coming from. You know what I mean? Like, he's got a vault in his house that he didn't even know he has full of cash. Give me the loot. Give me the loot. Yeah, he's, he's that guy. Got a private plane for life. Right. Exactly. That's a sweet deal in the contract there. There you go. Final little note here. Uh, Aaron Donald told TMZ that he'd go back if everyone goes back. You know, there's been conversation about Aaron Donald retiring, Sean McVay retiring. I don't believe any of that nonsense. But he did tell TMZ, you bring back Odell Beckham, you bring back Von Miller, you bring back all my guys, I'll be back too. So that's Aaron Donald while he was on his little parade. I think he went and did what, WWE, did a couple talk shows. He was uh, courtside at the Laker game. He's living his best life, as he should. Super Bowl champ, as he should. So uh, Aaron Donald says, you bring everyone back, I'm coming back. So that's what I got for you. NFL news and notes today. I cut it a little short because I got Doug Kide, NFL reporter from Pro Football Focus. He's coming up next to talk all things free agency and what the Raiders may be looking at and how they may operate through free agency. That's coming up next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Been talking a lot about free agency, talked a lot about the draft, and uh, we're going to continue that conversation right now as we turn our attention back to free agency. And to help us break it down is Doug Kide, NFL reporter from Pro Football Focus on Twitter at Doug Kide, and that's Doug K-Y-E-D. Doug, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And before we really get into free agency, what have you thought about the coaching staff and the front office at the Raiders have put together a lot of New England ties there going on. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of it. I, I know that some Raiders, at least from the jump, weren't that happy that, that Josh McDaniels was getting hired as head coach, but I think he's ready to be be a head coach again. I think he's grown up quite a bit since he was with the Broncos. Uh, he was a much different Josh McDaniels over the last few years uh, in New England than he was during that head coaching tenure in Denver, and uh, I'm a big fan of Patrick Graham at defensive coordinator. I think that Dave Ziegler is a good choice there at, at, uh, at, at GM. And, you know, as for the rest of the staff, we'll, we'll see how it all goes. I know that a lot of guys are getting promotions from New England, like Nick Lombardi and Bo Hardigree and, and Carmen Brasil, a lot of these guys. Uh, I think they'll, they'll fit in well uh, with what Josh McDaniels wants to do. But just as far as GM, head coach, defensive coordinator, I think the Raiders knocked it out of the park. So as far as free agency goes, obviously there's a lot of New England ties right there, and uh, there's a lot of guys from New England and, and that have New England ties that are going to be available in free agency. What kind of direction do you think that Ziegler and McDaniels are going to choose to go once a free agency opens up? You know, usually the way you see it when guys come from New England is that they, they try to sign free agents or try to trade for players that they're familiar with. Just because culture is so important in New England, they want guys that they know that they can coach, that are coachable, that know the system, uh, that, that know, you know how things are done in a New England system. So I definitely would not be surprised if some of the guys who are free agents with the Patriots right now, you know, like Dante Hightower or you know, Ted Karras, some of these guys, 
who are hitting free agency in March if they sign any of them, or some of the other guys around the league who previously spent time with New England. The big names there would be Stephon Gilmore or Akeem Hicks, uh, someone like Cordero Patterson or Sonny Michel. I know not all of those are big needs on the Raiders, but I, I do expect quite a few of those guys who did spend time in New England uh, to be brought to Las Vegas. You know, I'm glad you brought up uh, Stephon Gilmore. I was actually talking about him earlier in the show, and, and I said, and I have to admit, J.C. Jackson is my first choice, but I think he's uh, he's too big of a home run. You know, he's going to cost way too much money to be able to bring him in, but Stephon Gilmore, I feel like, okay, that's a really good option. How, how well do you think he'd fit in with what Patrick Graham wants to do defensively? Yeah, I think he'd fit in great. It, it is that New England system. Uh, that, that Stefan Gilmore played in for so many years. I know Patrick Graham hasn't been in New England for a while, but, you know, he asks his players to do similar things. Uh, you know, lots of cover ones and cover zero. Uh, really depends on his cornerbacks to, to cover really well. So I think that that would be a good fit. And, you know, having the Raiders, uh, you know, coming from a, a Gus Bradley defense where there's a lot of cover three, it, it's, it's going to be a different system. So I think over the next few years, you're probably going to see a, a, a decent amount of turnover there on their defense. And having a guy like Stephon Gilmore, I know that he's getting up there in age a little bit, but, you know, the way that players talked about him in Carolina, they still said that, you know, you can basically trust him to cover a third of the field or, or maybe even, you know, half, half the field. You can trust him to cover a number one wide receiver. So despite the fact that he's dealt with some injuries, that he is a little bit older, I think that would be a, a really smart signing for the Raiders uh, to start building that defense that they want. Talking all things free agency with Doug Kide right now from uh, Pro Football Focus here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, you mentioned Sony Michelle. He was a guy I was a fan of when he was coming out of Georgia. Uh, he's been with the Rams. He's been with the Patriots before. I know Josh McDaniels wants to run with a lot of different running backs. The Raiders always already have Josh Jacobs, but uh, do you see Sony Michelle as the guy that could possibly uh, fit in with what the Raiders are going to try to do? Yeah, I think so. And, I, you know, the Raiders already have a, a couple of solid running backs there. We'll see if, you know, they actually wind up keeping Kenyon Drake. Um, but, yeah, I mean, getting Sonny Michelle in there or, you know, maybe a pass-catching back like James White. I know that he's getting up there in age, but he's a guy who's got a ton, ton of familiarity uh, in Josh McDaniel's offense. Uh, getting someone in there, there like that I, I think would make uh, a good deal of sense. Sonny Michel, I thought, was was pretty impressive for the Rams, at least until their playoff run. Then you start to see, you know, Cam Akers, Darrell Henderson take over a little bit, and obviously the Rams did struggle quite a bit to run against the Bengals in the Super Bowl. But Sonny Michel had some impressive weeks there when he was serving as their starter. He's the type of back who, who basically can can take what you give him. He's not going to be, you know, pulling off big plays. He's not going to be... Uh, you know, losing a lot of yards. He's a guy who's who's good at falling forward. He can he can average four yards per clip. Uh, he takes what you give him. So probably won't cost a lot of money. So I, I think it would be a, a pretty smart sign just to you know kind of serve as a a backup perhaps but behind Josh Jacobs. All right, now let's look towards that offensive line because a few of those <laughs> positions that you know the off- the Raiders need, the Patriots have some of those ties. Trent Brown, that's what I want to talk no. about. Do you think no. that Josh McDaniels no. could smooth it Doug, over don't and let him bring go. back Trent Brown? Don't let him take you down that road, Doug. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because uh, I put him uh, on, a, on a list uh, on a mailbag of you know players who are free agents at the Patriots. I was like, yeah, you know what? I can't see Trent Brown returning to the Raiders. Uh, it, it's it's amazing because yeah, I I did cover the Patriots for a number of years and. Even this season, obviously, I was paying pretty close attention to to them. But every time I would tweet about Trent Brown, 
Raiders fans would, would immediately <laughs> chime in and talk about, you know, what a terrible signing that was for them. And he's just one of those guys. Jamie Collins is another player who's a free agent for the Patriots. They're just guys who seem to succeed with the Patriots and not do a whole lot elsewhere, unfortunately. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. And it's, it blows my mind because he's he looks like he could be so talented, but it's almost like he has to have the Belichick way and that Belichick kind of uh, discipline hovering over him to be that guy. But he was just never available for the Raiders. Yeah, and he got hurt uh, a decent amount this season for the Patriots as well. And obviously, you know, it, with Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels and Carmen Brasillo, some of these guys coming over from the Patriots, there's a thought maybe that, you know, things would go better in a second term for him with the Raiders. But, you know, Josh McDaniels, as good of a head coach as I think he will be, the amount of respect that he garnered in New England, he's just not Bill Belichick. And that's what right. it comes down to. And, you know, Carmen Brasillo is not Dante Skarnecchia. And it's just it's not the same level of command that those guys have over the room. You know, you mentioned uh, Brasilio, the uh, the offensive line coach now for the Raiders. What is what is kind of his MO? I know he was the co-offensive uh, line coach and then he was uh, he was promoted to the full-time offensive line coach. What 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 should we expect for him to bring to the table as far as the coaching of the offensive line? Yeah, he's he's a really smart guy. Uh, you know, very good with players. Players like him quite a bit. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting situation where in 2020 him and Cole Popovich served as co-offensive line coaches. And I think that Cole Popovich kind of led that group, whereas Carmen Brasillo worked a little bit more with the rookies. Then heading into 2021, Cole Popovich essentially opted out over the vaccine mandate, which then pushed Carmen Brasillo up into that lead role. And for a while, I know that, you know, Patriots fans weren't extremely high on Carmen Brasillo just because the unit was dealing with some injuries. They struggled a little bit early in the season, but I think that he, he pulled the group together really well over the second half of the season. And I think that that's one of the reasons why Josh McDaniels showed the faith uh, to bring him to Las Vegas and serve as that offensive line coach. So he's a guy who learned under Dante Skarnacki. There's not a, a better teacher that you can learn under for a few years there. Uh, so I, I think that that was a, another a, you know, smart hire by Josh McDaniels, it, essentially just really given what Priscilla was able to do with the Patriots in 2021. Do you think that the Raiders could bring in Nate Solder and move him over to the right side and have him be a starting quality right tackle for them? That's it's tough. Nate Solder is a few years removed at this point from you know his heyday in the league. I think that if you bring him in and you know have him maybe compete for a starting job, that might be a, a smarter way to go with that. Um, I, I do know that you know just as far as free agents go. I think there could be a level of interest there in Ted Karras for the Raiders. I know that maybe the need at, at center or guard might not be quite as high as right tackle for them, uh, but Ted Karras was a guy who, who played really well for the Patriots in 2021. He was almost kind of a surprise starter because people thought Michael Onwenu was going to start for them in 2021, uh, but Ted Karras really wound up taking over that starting job at left guard, and, and he had his best NFL season in 2021. So he's another guy who gets along well with everyone, great locker room guy, and if he can keep ascending on the field, uh, that would wind up being a, a pretty smart signing for the Raiders. There you go, Raider Nation. Remember that name, Ted Karras. Remember that name. Remember where you heard it first. Uh, Doug gave it to us here on Unnecessary Roughness. Final question for you, Doug. As far as wide receivers across the league that are coming off of injury, OBJ, Michael Gallup, Chris Godwin, all coming off of ACL tears. Obviously, OBJ tore his in the Super Bowl. Uh, where do you think that they not end up as far as what team they end up, but how long do you think it'll take for them to get a free agent deal since they are dealing with the injuries? You know, I think they will probably sign right away. I, I heard on, on Michael Gallup that the current expectation is that he'll be back in August. 
uh, you know, might be kind of creeping up against the start of the season. But I think those guys will sign pretty quickly, but they might only wind up garnering one-year deals. And that might be the smart way for them to play it, really, because I don't know if a team's going to want to sign Chris Godwin or Michael Gallup to a market deal with them coming off of torn ACLs. So if they can't get that top market deal, maybe it's smarter to sign a one-year deal and then go back to free agency in 2023 when the salary cap will be higher, when they will have been able to, you know, prove themselves in 2022. Because at this point in the NFL, you know, guys can come off torn ACLs pretty quickly, but there still might be a little bit of hesitancy from teams before they can actually see them on the field fully healthy for training camp. So, yeah, like I said, I think they'll sign right away, but you might you might see them sign shorter deals just to, to get fully paid in 2023 and beyond. And and it's it's an interesting class. It really is because uh, the three guys that you mentioned there, Chris Godwin, Michael Gallup, and Odell Beckham Jr., all coming out torn ACLs. And then two, you know, really highly thought of draft prospects as well, Jamison Williams and John Mechie, both out of Alabama. Yep. They're both coming off torn ACLs as well. I just can't remember one position group having so many players coming off of season-ending injuries uh, heading into one offseason. Yeah, and they're all dynamic players <laughs> in their own respect. They're Absolutely. all super dynamic players. Well, Doug, great stuff as always, my man. You got anything coming out on Pro Football Focus that we need to be on the lookout for? I got some some PFF Now videos going to YouTube. I wrote up my mailbag today, but otherwise, just, yeah, keep it on PFF.com or, or my Twitter at Doug Kide for all the uh, free agency and draft news. Man, you know we will, my man. I appreciate you as always. Great stuff. Have a great weekend. Absolutely. You too. All right. There he goes. Doug Kide. Fantastic stuff right there. Pro football focus talking a little free agency. Well, to be able to sign some free agency, you got to have some money, right? You got to have some money, 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 money. Oh, I thought you were going to hit it. You didn't follow me up. Money. Oh, that wasn't good. Michael Giannetti, Spotrack.com. He'll join us next to talk all things salary cap. This is Radio Nature Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 3.30 is the time. Been talking a lot of free agency. Been talking a lot of NFL draft. It is officially the offseason around here. It's Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now it's time to talk a little salary cap. And to help us break it down is Michael Janitti. He's on the phone lines right now. You can find him at Spotrack on Twitter. And Spotrack.com is the website, one of my favorites. And, Michael, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And as I look through the website, which I do all the time, I do appreciate all the content on there. What is the what is the current salary caps for all the teams? What is all that based off of as it is right now? Yeah, so we're in off season mode. Thanks for having me, by the way. So, so really, what counts right now are, are, are the fifty one top salaries cap hits for any any given team. So, any of the, the bare minimums, kind of these reserve guys that get added later on. They're not going to count over the next couple of months. So it's really just the you know your veterans and your high-paid players that are counting right now. We still have practice squads and draft pools and lots of fun stuff to get to. So there's a lot to account for. You know that's not being accounted for out of the gate here. And and what is the actual salary cap that we're working with on the website? Oh yeah, we're at the, we're at the two hundred eight point two, which is what the NFL has pretty much come out and said it's okay. going to be without actually saying it yet. Yep. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure because right now the currently uh, on there the Raiders are about twenty million dollars at salary cap, and I'm looking uh, across the league and I'm seeing some players that hey they'd be great fits with the team, but you know you can't you can't just get everybody. You gotta you know fit them underneath the salary cap. So with a team having about twenty million dollars in salary cap space, how do they go out and get you know one or two? big-time guys, and then you know you still have to get a contract extension for your quarterback. How do they kind of finagle that to make that work? 
Well, certainly if you're going to extend Derek Carr, you can drop his cap in, right? It's almost $20 million. You could probably dump that down to 11 or $12 million and keep him pretty happy. So, you know, there's a lot of little ways to do that with simple restructures, maybe a couple of extensions, uh, Carr being the biggest. But I also see a couple of cap casualties on this roster. I think you're really deep at edge rush right now which is something not a lot of teams are saying. Right. And I don't think you, you don't necessarily need to, need to release players. I think you've got some legitimate trade candidates here, like a NASA Bird and Gawkway who have expiring contracts. So uh, I think they're in a position of power heading towards March more than anything. Um, and with the new regime, with Josh McDaniel, some of, the, some of the offseason needs probably have changed over the past couple of weeks. So there's a bit of unknown. But I, I do think there's, there's some subtractions to be made that can be beneficial. And then you go out there with maybe 35 to $40 million of cap space come March 16th, and you can go find that defensive lineman, that offensive, you know, right tackle, whatever you have to do, the wide receiver maybe, and really kind of round this roster into form for Josh McDaniels. Interesting. That's a really interesting little nugget right there. You mentioned uh, edge rusher, and Max Crosby had a hell of a season. He made the Pro Bowl. He's going into the final year of his deal. He's a guy I think is going to get extended. What do you think a, a reasonable contract would be or, or something that, you know, something that, that again, would, would be respectful for a guy of his quality? Yeah, he's kind of a one-year wonder right now, right? He's, he's been gradually getting better and better, and then he blew up last year. So it's, it's a good time for him, but I'm not sure the Raiders want to go super big top-of-the-market contract yet until they know exactly what they have with this guy. So maybe he's about a $15 million player right now in terms of our projections, but you know, another year like what he just had, and he's up there in the 2022 $20, million mark with, uh, with the big boys in terms of pass rushers. So do you want to try to get value out of him now and sign him today? Or do you want to wait and see what happens maybe eight weeks into the season and, and understand that this guy really is a top-of-the-line uh, top edge rusher? Yeah, no, that's that's uh, obviously something to, to think about. And, you know, there's a lot of moving and shaking that the Raiders are going to have to do and every team is going to attempt to do uh, to get some guys underneath the salary cap. And so as far as some of the uh, outside free agents, there's some guys that I look at and say, hey, those are, those are good fits. But does it make more sense to try to grab a couple – Top tier guys, or do you think more of the you know the lower middle the 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 pack type guys get more of those guys and fill more needs even yeah. though they're they're not quite the the best of the best? It's a great question. I, I so many teams right now are choosing the, the the latter, which is let's build through depth, let's get two two guards instead of one really high priced guard and see what we can get. I, I think it's been a very successful approach, especially when you supplement that with the draft, right? And you're getting multiple players for tons of value. I, I do think you can make a splash probably somewhere, right? Right, like. Like, I look at a player like B.J. Hill, who, who just had a heck of a season with Cincinnati, kind of broke out there. Uh, you know, Cincinnati's not a team that's going to overpay for anything, right? I'm worried right. about Joe Burrow. I got a year here. Can, can you go a little high on a player like that and really fix the interior of your defensive line? Uh, that's where I'd say an overpay is probably worth it. But if you're talking about trying to, trying to fix the Alex Leatherwood situation, trying to maybe, you know, replace Denzel Good if you want to make him a cap casualty, I, I'd go middle of the pack. I'm not going Brandon Scherf for a guard. I'm not going you know, uh, something over $12 million for a right tackle right now on the open market, when I can try to kind of patch that together and then also go back to the draft, do it the right way, and try to find value for three to four years in that regard. Talking right now with Michael Giannetti from Spotrack.com on uh, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Uh, how about Morgan Moses? That's a guy who's a lower-level, uh, you know, a free agent, but a guy that I think has a little bit of a, you know, a little bit something left in the tank. You think he'd be a good fill for maybe a year or two? I made some notes before I got on this show. He is at the top of my list for you. Boom. He is exactly the right Boom. fit. He is, he's consistent. He's healthy. He's been on good offensive lines before with Trent Williams in Washington. I think he's the perfect fit for this team this offseason. There you go. See? Look at that. We're on the same page there. 
<laughs> we are, we're working on something. We got something cooking. Let me ask you this, because this is something we've talked about on the show multiple times. With the success that the Rams had by going all in, getting rid of their early draft picks, hitting on their late draft picks, but then just going out and getting the veterans, doing whatever they have to do, flirting with the salary cap, getting it right up to the to the edge, even a little bit over at times, you know, and having to work their way back under. Do you see more teams doing that, taking that approach, or do you think that there'll be more of the traditional approach? Yeah, I think it's going to take the right kind of team. You know, do you have the kind of veterans that you know can carry that kind of load and can also manage those kind of egos over the course of the season? Because if you're bringing in six or seven guys who have been leaders on teams before, that's a difficult pill to swallow for some for some kind of you know, some athletes. So I do think we'll see it. It's obviously been successful both with the Buccaneers and now with the Rams in back-to-back seasons. But, you know, I think if the wrong team tries to do it, it can be an utter disaster. If you remember the Philadelphia Eagles back in the day tried to build that yeah. dream team. And it was just a nightmare. So we've seen the goods and the bads of that. Right, right. Vince Young, he, he, he quoted them. He said that they were the dream team, and they ended up being the nightmare team. So they did not want to be that team. Uh, and, and I want to stick with that, you know, the teams that go up against the salary cap. And so many of them, we see them do that, spend so much money. But then in the offseason, they find a way to just get underneath it. Like right now, the, I think the Saints and the Packers are both well over the salary cap. I mean, they got a lot of work to do. But how quickly can they, can they get that thing turned around? Yeah, so I've got the Saints at about $76 million over right now. Um, and I just did a piece today. It took me about an hour. And I, I freed up $110 million of cap space with restructures <laughs> and extensions and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, and, and I'm not a GM. I'm not close to a GM. So the guys that actually do this for a living, uh, they know exactly how to get this stuff done. And, and while those numbers are scary and, and, you know, most teams will never get to that kind of level, the teams that do are doing it for a purpose, for a reason. You know, it's a negotiating tactic, honestly, with free agents and with players of their own so they can keep themselves kind of limited with their big-time extensions. But uh, it's a lot of work this time of year. There's no question about it. No, I mean, really, that is a lot of work. But, I mean, obviously, if you were able to do it in, you know, like you said, about an hour and, and clear up that much cap space, these guys can do it. Yeah. So it's almost it's almost worth it to go ahead and, like you said, use that as a negotiating tool, get the guys that you want, and then, well, hey, we'll just figure it out later. When people say that, that's legitimate. That can happen. That's the Patriots way, man. <laughs> well, there you go. And the Patriots are now in Vegas. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, that kind of kind of gives me hope that maybe they'll, they'll go out there and land a big fish. I don't think that they're going to go and try to attack a bunch of big fish, but, you know, one like a J.C. Jackson, you know, the defensive back that's a free agent. I think yeah. he's going to command a lot of money. But if they are willing to go up against a salary cap like that, that could be realistic where he might end up in Las Vegas. And that's probably a trade situation, right? If they end up tagging him in New England, you're going right. to probably give something up to get him. So that's a pick and a player, which, uh, you know, as I said, I think the Raiders have players they can move that can be attractive. So I, I do think that, that's it, that fits. That, that aligns with our thinking here. Hmm. Hey, Mike, something that's always interests me is the term void years. So what's the benefit? Because I don't understand it that well. What's the benefit of teams tacking on void years on a player's contract? Right, so let's use the Saints, right? So, so I just took six or seven players who are in the last year of their contract and have high cap it. And basically what I did is I said, let's add four void years, take their base salary, and spread it over five years to one year, which makes you, uh, you know, your current cap hit four times less than it was a minute ago. That's really what we're doing here is we're just taking the current wow. and, and turning it into a bonus that can get spread out over five years. You know, the, the downside being next year, 
you've got to eat that those extra four years of dead cap. So, mm. you know, there's certainly a downside to it. But in terms of winning now and, and making it work now, it, it works gangbusters. You know, speaking of, you know, taking a hit and, and restructuring and all that good stuff, I always call that as, like, having a credit card. And you, you have to pay that bill off eventually. Well, a guy like Corey Littleton, he's been restructured so many times. If they were to, like, cut him right now, it'd be about $14, 15000000 million in dead money. What, what can they do to fix that? Or is that just one that you just got to kind of eat at that point? I think they're going to make him a post June first designated so release. So so what that means is they'll they'll keep him basically on the roster. He can go sign somewhere else. But then after June first, they can officially cut him, and they'll actually free up almost twelve million dollars of cap space at that point. Mm. So I think that's the right move. Uh, I definitely think that's one of your cap casualties this offseason. Okay. That that and, and and but is that is that the the basic um, I guess reality of what happens when you restructure? You're just kicking it down the can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why the Saints are where they are and have been for the past couple of seasons, and the Eagles as well for a lot of years. That's, that's what you have to risk with, and eventually it comes to roost. Eventually you have to eat it and just kind of have a purge year. But for, for the most part, because the salary cap in the league continues to rise, and I think next year it might rise almost $20 million, mm. uh, you can get away with it on a year-to-year basis. That's, that's something. I mean, everyone, I keep hearing everyone say, just move on from this guy, move on from that guy. And, I mean, it's easy as that, but then it's not as easy as that because, of course, uh, there are salary cap implications. Well, uh, you got anything else for him? Oh, no, this is just a silly question for me <laughs> because talking about void years and, like, kicking the can down the road, Taysom Hill's contract is one that I do not believe <laughs> it's real money. So how much is he actually getting paid from the Saints because when I saw, first saw that I was like there's no way he's getting all that money <laughs> no he's not he's not I, we call him the uh the NFL NFT because it's, nobody really understands what the heck is going on with Taysom Hill but uh he's not making 140 million he's not even making 40 million he's a 10 he's a 9 to 10 million dollar guy for the next two years when it's, it's fully guaranteed basically through next season 2023 and then it's a big what if. It's still an overpay for a special teamer, you know, third tight end, whatever the heck he's going to be. Right. But uh, they've they've been kind of using some marketability and having some fun with us with these void year contracts. Is is these these big huge contracts that we see are signed all the time, and we see the huge number, and we all know that the only numbers that really matter are the guaranteed money. Is that more just of a hey, this is my agent, and this is what he was able to get, or this, you know, what I mean, is it just more of an agent ego types thing? It's, it's exactly what it is. It's pumping the chest. Now, look, some of these actually get there, right? I mean, Patrick Mahomes might make $477 million, but according to, uh, but the NFL is a lot of fluff. There's no question about it. Right, exactly. And the guaranteed money is all that really matters. So uh, good stuff right there. I was glad to get a little bit of a breakdown on salary cap and, and how uh, moving can, can make place and, and take place and how the Raiders can make some things happen. So uh, interesting stuff right there, Michael. You got anything coming out on Spotrack.com that uh, we should be on the lookout for so we can keep up with everything? Yeah, we're doing these off-season pieces on the podcast twice a week, so check us out there. All right, we will. Definitely. Hey, great stuff. Thank you so much for clearing the air for us, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Appreciate you guys. All right, there he goes, Michael Giannitti, Spotrack.com, at Spotrack on Twitter, one of my favorite websites. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm glad you asked that question about the void years. I actually heard you and Vinny talking about the void years yesterday, and uh, that was something I completely forgot to ask him about. But, yeah, those are just a lot of, uh, you know, like you said, pumping your chest out and, and puffing it out and, Look at us. This is what we're able to do, but it's not really realistic. But I, I was very intrigued by what he had to say about uh, the Patriot way and, and what they could do with the salary cap. And, you know, it goes back to the conversation we were having earlier in the show about some of these guys that are potential free agents. Maybe a couple big or maybe a big guy, big, big type, uh, you know, player. Maybe that is a reality. Maybe they can make it happen because the Patriot way, because it's one of those things where I know with the tuck rule, people, are, Raider fans are all screw the Patriots, but they've been able to make it work. And if they can make that work here? Well, 
I mean, going to turn that down? And I said it earlier this this off season. Look, man, I don't care if they go into the season and they have one dollar, you know, under the salary cap. It don't make me no difference. It ain't going to my pocket. You know what I mean? And I don't care if they got to roll over if they don't roll over anything next year. Who cares? But if they're able to get the players that they need to take it to the next level, why not? So I, I I'm actually. After hearing that conversation, I actually feel a little bit more optimistic about some of the, the names that have been floated out there as possibilities to go with the you know to be with the Raiders. And look, they might not go out and get any big name, but I feel like the possibility is up there a little bit more. He just said he cleared 110 million dollars from the Saints' salary cap in about an hour, and he ain't the GM. <laughs> I mean, what does that tell you? That tells you that it could be done without cutting people. So. I, I'm interested to see what the Raiders decide to do. Because if they're at 20 right now, you give Derek Carr a contract uh, extension that lowers the salary cap. If they take away 11 right there, that's about 30 something million. If you can maybe. Do they move a Corey Littleton that he mentioned? I can see that. That seems oh, like a strong possibility. Oh, I, I, think, I think that's a no brainer. I, I, you know, hey, I like Corey's uh, athletic ability, but I think that everyone knows the, um, the writing's on the wall with that one. And if you do it like post June 1st, like you mentioned. What do you say? It's another twelve million. Yep, that's already you're already up to forty something million dollars in cash. Forty space. million, y'all. Now forty million dollars. Now that's now you're talking. Now you're talking about some salary cap space. If you got 40, 40 plus million dollars, you got some salary cap space. You could do some things. Allen Robinson and Stephen Gilmore. You can bring in. You could bring in. Uh, I would if if that's the case, and I, I'd get greedy. I'd get greedy and I'd go for J.C. Jackson. I would. And and look, that might be a, a trade. That might be a trade, like you said, because he can get tagged in New England. And if you don't want to trade, then maybe you do go with Stephon Gilmore. But man, I, I'm just I'm just a little greedy. I'm glad we had him on because now it's like yo 20 million. Now we thinking 40 million. Right. Now we can play around because right. all we doing is guessing hypotheticals. But this is fun guesswork. Really. Hey, look, man, I was at the triple double diamond machine. I hit I hit max bet, and all of a sudden I hit my <laughs> my hundred dollars just turned to three hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Like now I'm feeling good. We were gonna go eat at the buffet. Now we're really going out somewhere fancy. Now we're going back to the the what was the place I went to? The center grill? Or, no, no, no. It wasn't the center. What, what was it called? Oh, the grill. I I can't even remember. You're the one who was there. I know I can't. But you guys talked about it so damn much afterwards. You guys made me feel bad for I going mean, there. I mean mac and cheese was man lobster yo, mac and cheese. Lobster mac and cheese. Don't yeah. forget the lobster. No, don't, don't don't do that. I got fancy with it. How about this? How about Allen in Vegas? I would gladly eat that money to get rid of Corey Littleton. I wouldn't entertain keeping a contract solely for cap purposes or avoiding dead money. Hey, it didn't work out. Let everyone involved move on to Cincinnati. And, yeah, I get it. I get it. But you do want to – I mean, if you're going to move on from him, you want to make sure you move on from him and, and get something out of it as far as clearing up some cap space. I mean, you, you don't want to just hold on to a dude like you mentioned just for salary cap space, but you also don't want to sit there and have a boatload of dead money. Remember when Big Reggie took over and he cut all those players, just cut them, cut them, cut them, and the Raiders just had, like, me and DeMond playing for him, and, and their salary cap was terrible. The next year was great, but, I mean, at some point, like, like Michael just said, you got to purge at some point, and that's what the, that's what the Raiders did. Uh, but thank you, Alan, for that tweet. I do appreciate it. 347 is the time. How about we look for call number nine right now? 702-365-9200. You want to get hooked up with a sub, uh, a porta sub, a six-foot porta sub right now and get you into wind, a Yeti cooler? Hit us up right now. Again, 702-365-9200. Call number nine is what I'm looking for. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience 
to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got to give a big shout out to my guy Tom. Got hooked up with the six foot Porta sub and in to win the Yeti Cooler. So a uh, big us to my guy. He was calling number nine at 702-365-9200. And I'll tell you Raider Nation, we have had a fast and furious show. Uh, very excited about all the guests that we've had, all the interaction we've had with Raider Nation, uh, both on the phone line and the text line and by way of Twitter. So yeah, I mean, any way you can get a hold of us, definitely appreciate you anytime you want to reach out you can hit us on twitter at damon underscore the boss and that's t-h-e boss at your boy q254 of course radio nation radio at rnr 920 a.m phone number 702-365-9200 and salmon ash text line 69187 keyword r and r uh got a text here from raider richie from arizona it ain't my checkbook, but I trust the front office will manage the funds efficiently, just like the Patriots have been doing all these years. I predict the car will be running solely on premium next season. So there you go. I like that. I like that. Good play on words, Raider Richie. Give you a round of applause, brother. The car. The car. I appreciate that. Good good stuff. And you know what? Exactly right. The Patriots have been figuring out how to do it. If the, the Raiders front office starts acting like that and starts doing the same way and taking the same approach, I'm okay with that. Again, I don't care about the salary cap. As long as they got it figured out, it ain't for me to worry about. Just bring in the players that you need to go get it done. I think everyone at Raider Nation could agree it is time to stop building, 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 and just get it done. It's like that one building that you're like, damn, they've been building that place forever. When are they going to be finished with that thing? You know, like the, the house on the corner that they start building and get halfway through, and then all of a sudden they run out of funds, and they stop building it? <laughs> or else that, that, that construction company goes out of sale or out of, out of, out of business? You see those sometimes on, the, on those show, reality shows, right? The like flipped or whatever, or I know exactly flipped what you're in Vegas about. or whatever. How come this house never got completed? Well, it wasn't a real constructor or, or a contractor, and they just bounced. Yeah, just get that thing done, man. Get that thing built. I think up. the Rams care about salary cap right, right now? Right. What, what did uh, what did Sneed say on his shirt? He said, "F them picks." Yes, he did. That was, that was pretty, funny. <laughs> pretty cool. I like that. I better not say it too much. So Martin's gonna get mad in San Bernardino. I can't bring up the Rams. My bad. <laughs> My bad. Uh, got another text here. Let me go on and move on. Uh, Big Dub says, Q, it was Capital Grill. That's right. It was Capital Grill that I went to on Valentine's Day uh, with the wife and uh, all my friends, friends from uh, Texas that were in town. Uh, he said, also, I-, I like what one of the callers earlier said about uh, Hobbs to the outside. Also like Gilmore coming in. Go Raiders. That's from Big Dub. And yeah, Capital Grill was awesome. It was. Yeah, I'm telling you, you got to take Kayla there sometime. You're just going to have to roll out. You got to do it. Uh, you have to take her a time that you go and get some overtime, though. Not a chance. No, you get overtime all the time. Not even. Yeah, I know I do, <laughs> but not even with the overtime. You got to go on out I there. I mean, Lincoln's Lincoln spot for her birthday was pretty like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Lincoln's you're, spot you're ain't. You're telling me. Whoop. Yeah, Lincoln's spot ain't the cheapest. These seafood boys, huh? Because <laughs> I'll be honest, that was my first seafood boy, too. I've never just had it. You know, yeah, I like yeah. seafood. Man. Yo, I was like, what? No, we went there. We went there one night. It was me, the wife, and the daughter, right? And we went in there, and you know, the daughter was like, "Well, what can I get?" And I was like, "Well, just get whatever." And she's like, "Okay." Next thing I know, she was getting one of them boiled bags. She's like, "Yeah, can I get the lobster and this and that?" And I was like, "The lobster? Whose child is this?" It's by the pan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's child is this? Right. That cost me some money. Like, you can oh, go to the tank and pick out which one you want. No, you can't. <laughs> no, no, no. I said, go get the small one. <laughs> But no, nah, it's a you know good times, good times. Not mad at that. Uh, Fargo Raider also hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line. Q and Demond, Fargo Raider here. It was Capital Grill. <laughs> We're gonna chip in ten bucks and get a bite of Q steak. Just that's, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> we all chip in ten dollars. We can cut up a little piece and see, get a taste of the Q life. Hey man, look, dog. 
That bone-in ribeye is second to none. I'm sorry. There is not a better steak out there. I know a lot of people talk about the tomahawk. I hear Hondo talking about, Q, going to go get you a tomahawk chop. And I got one of those when I went to the um, the Golden Steer Steakhouse. I, I did I did get that. And that was a cool experience. That was a cool experience. But I'll tell you, uh, personal preference, uh, the Capitol Grill, that steak was like next level, dog. It was like butter. Capital Grill, <laughs> endorsed by Q. Yeah, hey, man, look, I ain't got no endorsements here. I'm the only swinging D on this radio station with no endorsements, but I can sell it like like there's no tomorrow, right? I can oh, sell a funeral. Is- if you ask me to, I'll sell a funeral home. My buddy Jay, my <laughs> buddy Jay, no, seriously, my buddy Jay that was actually there with us on Valentine's Day in Texas, he always called me Shaq because he said you were always, you're always, you know, selling something. There's always some endorsement that you got or you're always telling us to go eat here or go pick up this or go pick up that. And I was like, hey, man, I'm trying to, if, if I'm trying to be Shaq, let me be Shaq. I get here, and I can't sell nothing. <laughs> I can't sell nothing. The only person that trusts me to sell something is my buddy Aaron. And that's Maui Jelly, by the way. Maui Jelly is great. <laughs> Dang, you, I mean, I, have hey, you lost your touch? I guess. They just don't trust the bro. They don't know I got skills. They just don't know. But I can sell something, man. I can sell, I can sell salt to a slug. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can sell well, ice to an Eskimo, on, homeboy. You done told us on Capitol Grill. Yeah, you damn right. Go try. Look, Vinny's throwing his stuff there. <laughs> God damn, I'm going to get there. I need to buy a new computer. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, too soon with the new computer stuff, all right? Yeah, <laughs> There's a guy in L.A. riding around with a computer you can get. <laughs> Wait till I tell you about Martin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Martin's your biggest fan. Coming up next, Vinny Bossignor. He's coming up in the huddle. He ain't going to have no stories of L.A., I promise you. Well, he might have a couple, but it's all good. Vinny's going to hold it down the next couple hours. He's locked and loaded. I think he's going to make sure his computer's okay, but he's going to get it taken care of. Uh, Hey, have a great weekend, Raider Nation. No shows on Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday. It's President's Day on Monday. I'll holla. Vinny's up next.